Hey everyone, just a quick note before we begin. Um, you're about to hear our discussion of Strange New World Season 1, Episode 5, Spock Amok, and the original plan was actually to power through and talk about both Episodes 5 and 6 in one debrief discussion. However, by the time we finish talking about Episode 6, we realize that it would probably make more sense for the benefit of our listeners to just leave each discussion as individual debrief episodes. So you'll hear references to our recording marathon resulting in two episodes of debrief when it actually resulted in three. So feel free to catch up at your leisure. Thank you. Hope you enjoy it. Ladies and gentlemen and other fellow humans, welcome back to Discovery Debrief, a podcast setting a course to discuss the future of the final frontier in Star Trek Strange New Worlds, Lower Decks, Prodigy, and more. I'm co-host Chris Clow, and I'm joined by today's panel of Star Trek franchise explorers, Rachel Clow. Hey! Tyler Monaghan. I feel like I was just here. Have you been keeping me in the transporter buffer or something? (laughs) (laughs) Might have. And uh, once again, because I didn't have time to come up with other adjectives, the insurmountable, undefeatable Cicero Holmes. Hijinks are illogical. <laughs> and. That's actually a lower register that time i don't know why it's doing that but zaki hassan is here zaki my friend how are you hey how's it going (laughs) this isn't zaki's agony booth this is zaki's uh uh ecstasy booth i don't know (laughs) zaki's love fest i'm in i'm in a great mood are you kidding me there's so much great star trek lately Oh, it's so true, and we're we're very pleased to to welcome you back, at least for the first part of this episode. So, um, you know, we're in the second of two episodes that we're recording on the same night. So, in this one, to make up for lost time, we're going to be discussing two episodes of Star Trek: Strange New Worlds first season, Spock Amok, which is really fun to say, and Lift Us Where Suffering Cannot Reach, a title that which is less easy to say. <laughs> A little less easy to say, but also kind of calls back to those really vaunted titles from TOS that I kind For of the world loved. is hollow and I've and touched, I the touched the sky. Sky, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Oh. That's well, a bullshit well. title, by the way. That's like <laughs> faux profundity, you know, doesn't mean what, anything. What about by any other name? Uh, That's a little uh, better. It's a, it's just so, it's so poetic and calls back <laughs> so much. Um but before we actually jump into talking about the episodes, uh, let's check in with the panelists. Guys, what have you been up to for the last few minutes? No, I'm just, I'm, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. We, we just checked in. If you want to hear about what has been going on with myself, with Rachel, with Cicero, and with Ty, please listen to episode 79, which should be in your feeds right now. But, Zachy, it's been a little while since we've seen you, so how have you been doing um, and please tell us more about the enthusiasm that you are feeling for current Star Trek. 
Well, I'm I'm so enthusiastic that I I have not even seen the latest episode. That's, <laughs> that's what's funny is like five, however many weeks ago when we recorded at the start, I'm like, yeah, you guys, I've seen the first five. It's, have fun catching up. <laughs> Been there, and then and then you and then you're like, hey, you want to talk about episode six? And I'm like, there's a there's a sixth one now. <laughs> I'm a little behind, uh, but I'm excited. You know what it is? My kids are like, don't watch without us. That's the. Uh, ah. the I was gonna say dilemma. It's not even a dilemma. That's like that's my joy as a dad, right? Like yeah, that's great. They're like, no, no, wait to watch Star Trek with us. So um, I, I gotta wait. So uh, hopefully this weekend I will catch number six. But uh, you know, uh, I have been rewatching each episode as they dropped, uh, even though I've already seen them. And for me. There's just something about hearing space, the final frontier every week that just, my God, I mean, it takes, we haven't gotten that since the early nineties on a weekly basis. And it, it's just, I don't know. I'm still in that. It's I'm in that honeymoon phase. I'm like, wow, look at that. That's amazing. You know? Yeah. No, I I mean, we were all just talking about how much I think we're all still kind of worried how we're feeling in the, or at least I'm worried. It doesn't seem like Cicero is worried. I'm worried that I'm still in the honeymoon phase (laughs) Um, because it's just, it's great. It's great. So I'm I'm just curious then. uh, I mean, the first five, obviously we'll talk about number five, but tell us just kind of about your perspectives on the season so far for those of uh, our listeners who uh, who want to know what Zaki Hassan makes of Strange New World season one? Well, I mean, it is without a doubt the strongest start to any Star Trek series ever, in my opinion. Uh, and I would include TOS in that too, in that they took, you know, I mean, they were figuring it out. And, and uh, you know, obviously, Next Generation had a famously crappy first five or six episodes, you know. Uh, I'm, I I just started a rewatch. I don't know if I said this last time. I'm going through TNG again because my second one. He's like, oh, I don't remember it. And and we got to uh, uh, Code of Honor, and I was like, nope, not watching this one. <laughs> not, I'm not doing it. You're, you're gonna you're gonna leave the room and never come back. You know, it was like that. <laughs> and a lot of these shows are like that. And I'm like, man, this show, like Strange New Worlds, they're just. I I said this before we got on. I'm like, the first five. It's like laying out these stakes, like we're going to do this kind of a show, we're going to do this kind of show, this this kind, and it's it. There are five shows that are entirely different from each other, yet they all fall within the Star Trek ethos. They all fall within the stories that this franchise has given us already. And I think it's so smart to do that. It's so smart to write up front, be like, you can expect all kinds of stuff from here, um, because you know that's that's what I want from from this franchise, you know. Yeah, most definitely. Uh, of the first four, which one's your favorite? Oh, that would be uh, number four, which uh, the, the the Memento Mori, I think that's what it's called, right? Yes. Um, yeah, the that's, I mean, it's so funny because like I, I was embargoed, so I wasn't like able to talk about stuff. So I was like, uh, it's like Bounce of Terror kind of, but it's got the, oh, I can't, it's got a different alien. You know, you can't, you can't talk about it. But I mean, it it's, it's, one of the best Star Treks I've ever seen. Period. Full stop. I mean, uh, it does it does a riff on Balance of Terror, but it's doing it kind of its own way. And it's such a like. I mean, it, it highlights all the different characters. It give it shows us why Pike is awesome. I mean, it's just great. I've watched it twice now already. I love it. Yeah, excellent, great. 
Well, uh, I think we're just going to kind of jump in then. Um, so unlike some of our other episode discussions, especially when it comes to Strange New Worlds, uh, since we are going to be going over two in this episode, uh, I think it's more prudent to avoid the beat-by-beat beat breakdown of prior episodes just in the interest of time. So uh, let's begin by talking about Season 1, Episode 5, Spock Amok. So to start things off, guys, this this is a comedy episode. Coming off of the the rather dour events of episode four, and you know, the crew is still really recovering from their encounter with the Gorn, and and we've learned a lot about the Gorn just in that episode, and it was just so kinetic and 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 nonstop. It just that the pace didn't let up. So this accounts for a huge shift in tone compared with the prior episode that we discussed. So what did you make of the shift? Did this episode handle that shift well, or was it maybe too abrupt? Very curious about what the entire panel thinks. Ty, why don't you start us off? Yeah, I think that's a great question. I mean, to me, they've been very clever with the way that they have talked about this show being episodic so much and made it so that people like us are uh, really thinking about that and are like hyper aware of that, I think kind of while we're watching. And so, and also just like, you know, we're cued differently. Like the, the situation from the episode prior to this uh, Memento Mori, like that's pretty much wrapped up. You know what I mean? Like there's not still some five light year wide thing that's like still hanging around from that episode that we need to deal with. And so a tone shift feels more natural and and actually expected because like you need some kind of conflict to deal with this episode right like we we have to set something up and so you set up these negotiations and stuff like that um and so uh for me like the tone shift yeah like works well and and is expected the thing i'm more impressed by is what you mentioned like this is this is not just a comedy it's a like it's a comedy of errors it's like a it's like a romantic comedy in a lot of ways um And that's like, seems so hard to pull off, especially for a show like Star Trek and with a character like Spock and like, I I mean, just incredible job, right? Like that seems like the the tallest order you could get. Like, I can't, I can't think of like an example of like, I mean, somebody could probably prove me wrong and, and rattle something off right now, but I can't think of like TNG having like a great romantic comedy moment that like really sticks around for me. Um, and this, uh, this whole episode, I was just like, this is, this is incredible. It's just like the most riveting, like dialogue and situation and, and hijinks. So it was just like, this was the one where I was like, okay, I'm definitely recommending the show to everybody I know, right? (laughs) Like there's no limitation on who I think would get a kick out of this show after this episode. Yeah. I, I mean, in terms of TNG, I guess the only thing that comes to mind is data's, uh, his trying out dating, um, I think that's the only one that kind of comes close, but this is on uh-huh. a whole other level, even compared to that. So yeah, absolutely. No, it's it just I'm glad that the fun came through for you. Cicero, in terms of the, uh, the shift in tone might've been interpreted as a little abrupt. Uh, what did you make of it? Um, you know, I, I, I think we, I mean, we've, we've discussed this before. I, I, I think that they, you know, we don't, 
they don't reset to zero at the end of every episode, but they do reset to one or two or, you know, three. And, and so, uh, the fact that we left a problem, we had a problem in the previous episode that was resolved, um, you know, physically. Right. And, and, you know, and obviously emotionally not fully resolved, but resolved enough that we can move forward and, and, get into some other hijinks uh, and, and we literally get the hijinks episode right after that. Right. Like we, we get a very good palate cleanser um, th- there. The one thing that I was surprised was that I uttered a phrase that I never thought I'd utter, utter in Star Trek, which was, are they going to freaky Friday this shit? <laughs> and, and indeed they did yes. um, yeah um and uh that that was awesome right like it was it was great to have comedy executed by two straight people right like there wasn't you know there wasn't the a the a guy and the b guy it was it was two people by by uh, virtue of their species are not allowed to to inflect any type of emotional show any type of emotional range um but still was able to do it and uh and was able to accomplish a lot during the course of it uh it was man the show is great man the show is, is the show is, is <laughs> real good it's real good, guys. It's real good. <laughs> uh, Zachy, how about you? The the shift in tone, did you find it maybe a reprieve coming off of the general weight of the previous one, or did it strike you another way, maybe? It 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 definitely wasn't jarring. Uh, it, it felt like a very smooth transition. I think it helps that uh, I think uh, this cast is very uh, adroit at being able to balance the seriousness with uh, sort of the, the lightheartedness. I mean, I mean, Anson Mount is so good at just shifting, uh, you know, right when we first saw him on discovery, right. He was very, uh, uh, very light. Right. Uh, so, so for me, the shift for, uh, with Pike was really the previous episode where he got much, you know, it was, it was more, more darker for him. Uh, but like I said earlier, like I kind I like that, that we can do that. I like that we can shift tones so, so easily like this. That's a plus. Yeah, most definitely. Rachel, uh, you seemed like maybe your enjoyment. I mean, I know that you have loved pretty much every episode, but seemed like you had a lot of fun with this one. Is that accurate? Yeah, I sure did. And I definitely didn't feel any shifts in tone because it had been a week since I had watched the last (laughs) one. So I think when you're watching all at once or like binging it, that's one thing. But when you're watching once a week as this is coming out it doesn't matter well it doesn't seem though like considering the generally uh serialized structure of much of modern tv they don't go this hard from one direction into the other wouldn't you say that's fair yeah i think that's fair it's just i don't know like it's been a whole week i I'm living a whole different life from the last weekend. <laughs> sure. I, yeah, yeah, and I mean, I think he explained. He's like, hey, we're in Space Talk. Like, we're fine. Yeah. Like, 
they can take a little bit of a break from the existential crises that might befall the Federation. Yeah, well, they just had like a tough, like, little bit of time, and now they're kind of taking a break, and like, so are we. Sure. So it's okay. Yeah. It must be hard to be in Starfleet. Uh, Yeah, I would think so. Although, uh, at least. If you got that that casual wraparound, at least you're going to be living in comfort, you know. <laughs> so at least we get ourselves that. some casual wraparounds. Yeah, definitely. They need to sell those as pajamas or something. I'd be all over that. Um, no, I loved it too. Uh, I did not find it jarring either. I was just asking because maybe I'm too biased in terms of just going with the flow. So I just wanted to make sure that I was establishing that I'm aware of that. But, uh, you know, this, the, the setting for this one makes a lot of sense just in terms of flowing from, uh, the thing that put the enterprise in space dock and now just kind of dealing with, uh, with the fact that the enterprise is in space dock and the things that kind of come up naturally from that. Um, but it was just, I mean, how can you, who doesn't like fun, you know? Like, I hope people like fun. fun. Yeah, right. Yeah. I feel like you've told me that you think I hate fun. Sometimes when you say, when I'm like, hey, you want to play a fun game? You're like, no. (laughs) No, I hate fun sometimes. Well, look, everybody can. It's fine. You know, I'm. (laughs) It's fine. You you like and dislike what you want in the moment, depending on how you feel. But with this episode, I mean. Sure. Yeah. I mean, it comes at the right time. Like if you're ready, <laughs> it just comes at the right time. But no, I love this one. I thought hey it was good. Um, um, <laughs> <laughs> like we'll get to that. Okay. This is the next one. Um, we're starting to get new details about the relationship dynamic between Spock and T'Pring. And it seems like there's already a bit of a fundamental philosophy difference between them. Um, Mm. how well do you think the dynamic of the episode was set up by this kind of exploration of their relationship? Um, I guess usually like maybe before the split happens, but also after, um, Zachy, I want to throw it to you first because I feel like this is a really interesting kind of backward extrapolation from what was established in a mock time Mm. and with, you know, the, the first episode of this show too, or forward extrapolation in that case. But um, we know what the end point is. Uh, the cracks in this union, do they feel pretty well in line with uh, the dynamic that you've lived with your entire life? Huh. Well, I mean, obviously, this, I mean, this show is giving us something that, you know, I, I never thought, I never thought of Spock and T'Pring having a romantic relationship i just thought sure. it, yeah. i always thought of it as these are two people that were sort of culturally bonded and you know so in that sense it's entirely new does that mean that it it breaks canon or whatever like some of the stuff people uh complain about online i i don't think so um i do find it interesting that i'm in a position watching this where um i kind of like to bring and I was used to hating to bring. <laughs> it never even occurred to me to take Gorkin at his word. No. Um, uh, <laughs> so that's new. You know what I mean? Like, oh, like I'm, I never felt sad watching a mock time that they didn't end up together. I was like, yeah, you're damn right. Spock's <laughs> supposed to be with Kirk, not you to bring, you know, uh, look at the joy he shows when he sees Jim alive at the end. Right. Yeah, true. 
So now it's it, it's adding this, and I revisited a mock time having watched this. You know, and I was like, it's definitely this thing. Like, oh, like they are so cold to each other by the time we get to a mock time that I feel like this show is going to pave that road some more. Sure. You know, and so it's, it's kind of weird because I think it is investing us in their relationship a little bit and making it that much harder as we see them grow more distant, you know? Yeah. I will be fascinated if they do a, a good enough job with what they're setting up here. And by the time you might revisit a mock time, it actually feels kind of tragic. That would be really interesting if they were yeah. able to pull that off. Um, but uh, no, you're right. I mean, it, it is kind of fascinating to think about uh, just the dynamic that has existed in the minds of people for so long related to Spock and to Pring and how this kind of turns things on its ear. But it also says, a lot of interesting things about Spock and her mm-hmm. too. But I mean, you know, it's Spock, like that's generally who we're going to gravitate towards as longtime Star Trek fans. So um, you're right. Like the coldness that they do exhibit, it has a whole other flavor now just because of these two episodes. And I think that that's a, right. that's a, that's a valuable thing to bring to the table. Um, Rachel, the relationship between Spock and, and to how do you feel like it's being set up? Do you want to see more of this going forward? Yeah, well, I want to see what leads them to go from where they are now, where it like, seems like a pretty happy relationship to a very unhappy relationship <laughs> or like almost a non-relationship. Non, non, yeah. So you kind of know where it's going, right? And so, um, yeah, I'm interested to see what happens there. And I think this episode kind of helped illustrate maybe some of the cracks that can uh uh widen into what we see later Mm -hmm. you said something that i thought was utterly fascinating when we were watching this episode you said that after the switch happens and they inhabit each other's bodies maybe they should be intimate with each other in that state. Maybe they could learn something new about each other uh, in the body swaps. I think what I said was, like, y'all should fuck now. Wait, are you, you that didn't I cross your mind without her saying it? I don't, I don't think it would have. No, it wouldn't have oh, crossed that's, my that's, mind. That's to me like... Yeah, <laughs> that's the first thing that crosses. Like you and I switch bodies. I'm like, yeah, that's like, yeah. I completely agree. That's like top, top two or three things that you do. Yeah, no, like, it's, it's it, again utterly fascinating. Like maybe if if they had done that, maybe a mock time wouldn't have happened. Who knows. I don't know. I don't know. I think it's likely <laughs> that like you would be disgusted by yourself, right? Yeah. Like, uh, and not be able to like do it. So um, possible. Yeah. You know that fanfic already exists. It's probably up on some <laughs> Usenet server <laughs> <Yeah>. somewhere. <laughs> and this is Discovery Debrief After Dark. Uh, <laughs> but no, I mean, I just thought that was a it was it was a fascinating idea because who knows what they could have learned about each other, but. Um, Ty, I realize that we're kind of kneecapping you a little bit when it comes that to talking I, like, about have no idea what you're talking about. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, you haven't seen a mock time yet. Um, but you did express when we talked about the first episode that you have, have this kind of affinity for this relationship. 
Um, so how did the events of this episode evolve that for you? Oh, totally. The, the complete way you guys are talking about this episode <clears throat> is, is very different than the way I interpreted. Like, to me, this was a story about their relationship deepening. And the only hint I have that anything is wrong. Like, yeah, there are these cracks that you guys are talking about, but like the perfect relationship isn't one where there are no cracks, right? The perfect relationship is one where cracks develop and uh, they, the partners communicate uh, and they figure out a way to maybe have a little more empathy with one another and find some way to meet in the middle or, or whatever, you know? Uh, and that's exactly what we saw as a result of this crazy brain switch thing. But like, I thought the development of uh, them sort of recognizing the level of sacrifice that they were willing to make for one another was a beautiful thing. Um, and seeing where they ended up at the end of the episode felt to me like uh, really like, I know that this is going to come crashing down in some way because of everything I've heard you all talking about on the show. And I, I'm very curious to see what my timing is with when I get to uh, a mock time. Um, but to, yeah, so far to me, like, it's just like, yeah, these are two very attractive people. Uh, they have very um, engaging and intelligent sounding banter that I could listen to all day. Uh, and you know, they had a problem and they, they work together to work it out. Um, and I'm looking forward to seeing their relationship develop. And at some point it's, uh, you know, something bad's going to happen. But sure. uh, to me, it just like, yeah, there, there doesn't, like I said, I can see what you are describing as the cracks, but it, it doesn't feel like they're obviously leading up to anything like you are, are all describing. So it'll be interesting to see how they handle it. Yeah. No, you're right. I mean, especially in terms of uh, the fact that they're able to literally be in each other's shoes, you would think coming off of that, they would be uh, more understanding of each of their individual perspectives and maybe a little more understanding of the differences that they each have to deal with and the things that might get on each other's nerves. Like yeah. she seems rather annoyed at his Starfleet career and it doesn't seem like he is necessarily taken an abundance of time to learn about the details of what she does. Uh, even though he, like he knows, but he doesn't know. Right. Sure, and, right. Right. And, uh, <laughs> so, yeah, I think, I, I think that's a good point. So there's probably still some, some room to explore this Cicero, the Spock to Pring relationship. How does it all combine for you, especially considering your previously alluded to hijinks? Um, so, uh, the casting director for this show has done an incredible job of casting um, beautiful people uh, for the principal cast. Um, the who whoever's responsible for the uh, secondary cast is also doing an exemplary job because um, I'm I'm all for I I think I've got a thing for Tapring. So, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, dude. Yeah, like that's the uh, t-shirt. That's yeah, the title of the fanfic that I've right, read. Right, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, man. Hey, look, um, and just kind of like what Ty said, man. There's nothing. There is nothing hotter to me than two Vulcans flirting. Um, these, these are things that, uh, I didn't know, you know, look, I didn't realize those were my kinks, but, uh, apparently <laughs> they are. So, um, yeah, I, I'm digging it. Like I, I dug the whole, this, this 
the beginning parts of this relationship. Like, so this is a thing again, like TOS is a thing that I've seen, but it's not a thing that I've watched. Right. Um, and I'm, you know, like I'm trying to watch it now. And so, uh, a mock time really isn't, it's not something it's, it's something that I've seen, but it's not really something that I, that registers with me or for me. So this relationship with Tapring is still kind of like, it's a thing that I know about, but it's not a thing that I know. Uh, and, and so I'm almost watching this for the first time as well. And, uh, I, you know, I, I'm, I'm really enjoying it. Right. And, and kind of like, much like Ty, like I know that it ends. Right. And I, I know that it doesn't exist then. And I know that's not, part of his life going forward um when you know when we see him uh but like seeing it now is is really cool and i hope we get to see a lot of it because that means we get to see to pray there you go <laughs> very well said um something that i i did want to bring up about the beginning of this episode uh zaki i personally found it utterly fascinating to see in the nightmare sequence, not only was, uh, was the original wedding set recreated with a great degree of accuracy and the battle music from a mock time was even invoked, uh-huh. but there was a very literal visualization of the defining conflict of Spock's early life. Uh-huh. Uh, what did you make of that? Because I'm kind of surprised that on screen, we'd never seen it before. Yeah, well, I had that same thought. I was like, yeah, we've we've never like, uh, you know, the closest uh, uh, that a conflict has come to being realized is you know in uh, the Naked Time when Spock is is weeping, you know. But really, um, it, it's it, at least with Spock Prime, this you know this this the 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 mainline Spock. Uh, I, I I certainly I love the 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 dream sequence aspect of it and the way he, he's like, I'm not human. Like he's so uh, panicked at that, you know Uh, it, it's again, it's all about this texture. And I said this last time, right. You know, that's the great thing about star Trek is it's this tapestry that you're able to add something here that ends up reflecting on something there. And to me, it just adds this whole level of nuance to what Leonard Nimoy did already. Um, where I mean, we were always aware of that that sense of conflict, but the uh, you know the fear that we see on Ethan Peck's face, right, and the idea that that fear was underlying so much of what uh, the choices that Nimoy made, although he didn't make those choices, but we're able to to sort of imprint those over. Does that make sense? You know? Yeah. Yeah, uh, I think that uh, that's just the cool thing for me. And Ethan Peck is doing such a great job. I mean, re- like it. it I mean, granted, we already had like discovery, all of that, but like he, he is the Spock in this season and he has just become, he has become this role, you know, like if, if we ever see Zachary Quinto again, that's going to be jarring to adjust back to that because we've gotten so used to Ethan Peck now, you know, which is weird to think about. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I remember having conversations with you guys saying, oh, the new Spock needs to be Quinto. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I can't imagine uh, going back, you know, like he's, 
and I love like even just a little thing like he says sensors now, you know, and I just like, oh, that that makes my heart. Beat. That really does. I I I love. He that. he did the homework. He did. He did. I mean, I saw that picture of him hanging out with Adam Nimoy. Uh, so y- you know he did, which is is cool, and seems like he's got a real affinity for it, which is great. Um, well, I'd like to shift now to another set of characters. So. In this episode, the Enterprise's diplomatic power and Captain Pike's approaches to negotiation, they got a pretty big focus of the episode, in addition to creating more chaos for the body swap of Spock and T'Pring. Um, in terms of the comedic elements of the episode, who do you think handled it best? You think it's the perpetual straight man of the Vulcans? Is it Captain Pike's exasperation, but also just like, well, screw it, I'm going along with it because this happened? Uh Nurse Chapel's incredulity. Like there's a lot of different dynamics that are exploited for the humor here. Which one was the strongest Cicero? Um, I loved, uh, man, I loved nurse chapel. Um, nurse chapel was, was, was great. Uh, like getting, getting the reveal and then, um, her reaction to everything that, that happened. Um, and, uh, the things that she did, like the, the, uh, the kind of adventure that she went on with, with now, uh, Spock to Pring, um, <laughs> was, was, was great. Um, but, but I, I actually want to shout out the alien species that I forget their, their name. Um, but, uh, but they were, they were really cool, right? Like, because, they presented they presented a dynamic that allowed us to witness many different things yes um, because of the way that you know the way that the writers wrote the species the rongovians um, i yes. had to look it up myself cuz okay. it broke my mind yeah um so yeah the rongovians do everything uh wrong contrary to uh how you do things or or actually they just kind of uh their supreme empathy so you know that's how they communicate which is that was pretty cool yeah yeah that was fun you might say they were rongovian um or or contrary maybe they were the contrarians (laughs) yeah it's also possible uh Ty, in terms of all the comedic elements that were at play in this episode, which one worked the most for you? Yeah, I loved I loved when uh, the times when Pike and Spock and T'Pring were together. So <clears throat> the moment when they're like, um, I think it's T'Pring and Spock's body who's like, they find, they decide like, okay, we've got to tell Pike, right? And they, they agree to do that. <laughs> and I liked that. Um, and it's just, she's like, you may have noticed that our mannerisms are slightly but noticeably different or something like that you know like i'm I'm mangling the quote but it was so funny <clears throat> excuse me so funny but also just such a good like it made me realize yeah like they, they are crushing it as actors right now right because trying to play this type of person who doesn't have is you know whose whose emotions are super suppressed it would be hard not to kind of wind up playing it the exact same way but to me they did a really great job without overdoing it and, and making it like hammy or silly to um but like you could tell like you know just the way that they had their hands like i think um you see like to pring 
Spock's body is like holding her hands behind her back, like Spock would be, and and Ethan Peck has kind of got his his arms clasped in front of him, like T'Pring would normally do, and it's just you know little things like that. I was just like, wow, this is the again. I'm just in, impressed that they threaded this needle. Like I think this type of episode feels to me like it got to be one of the hardest types of episode to like land and get right. And to me, it just like continually did so like pretty much nonstop throughout. But yeah, I just, when, when the three of them were together uh, and like kind of trying to silently negotiate how much to ask and divulge and, and, and things like that, it was just, that was so fun. So yeah, that I, I would uh, have to say that kind of main trio. Excellent. Great. Rachel, what was the comedic pairing that worked the most for you? Oh, I just think Captain Pike's reactions were really funny. Yeah. (laughs) Bewilderment and just like, uh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) And being stuck in this awkward diplomatic situation. Um, Yeah. A lot of, a lot of crossing peril in this episode. Well, peril in quotes. I mean, it's not really, but yeah, a lot of things to juggle for, for the old captain. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good thing he had his wrap around. <laughs> sure. <laughs> yeah. Zachy, how about you? Uh, in terms of like all of the different dynamics that were at play, what, which one do you think was the strongest? Uh, I, I agree with Rachel. Yeah. I, I thought Pike was, was a rock star in this one. It was so funny. And I, the, the wrap around, I, I think I let out like a little squeal when I, when I, <laughs> yeah. I think I, I, I was watching it and, and I like, I, I sent, I, in fact, I think I sent you guys a picture too. I sent, I took a picture of it and I sent it to my brother. I was like, look what Pike is wearing. <laughs> <laughs> it's such a dork. I'm such a dork. But I was so excited. Yeah. <laughs> it's awesome. Look, it's all, we haven't seen that since TOS. That's great. That is spectacular. <laughs> or te- I mean, you could say technically DS9, but we haven't seen it in, re- well, I guess Enterprise. No, he wore it in Enterprise. He That's did, still- yeah. That's still, you know, 17 years ago. It was a long oh, time. Oh, God, ago. don't say that. <laughs> Good Lord. <laughs> but no, look, I'm right there with you. I mean, um, I I thought that it was a nice callback. It was a cool update, but also just like it, it gives a more relaxed kind of feel to the episode too, which, yeah. which, which is just fun. It's really cool. In terms of um, the stuff that I thought was funniest, I don't know. I think I might lean a little bit more toward nurse chapel just because her incredulity and everything is just really funny. It's really kind of refreshing because uh, the, the perpetual sort of straight man attitude of the Vulcans clashing with this kind of amusement that she feels while also still trying to be helpful. I thought was a fun dynamic. The Rongovians are really cool too, though. And um, honestly, like, the addition of Admiral April to the negotiations, I thought was a really good touch um, because it helps to demonstrate just the general trust that he has in the crew of the enterprise. But he also brings a little bit more of another kind of straight man element, but you could also get the sense, at least I did that he's like, Oh, I'm doing another enterprise shenanigan. I used to do these enterprise shenanigans. Let's, uh, let's have some fun with it, you know? And I, I, I appreciated that. I love, seeing i hope we see more of admiral april over the course of the rest of the season and and beyond because i just think that he's a really cool addition um you know put him back in the center seat for some instance you know i i'd like to see that if they can give uh commodore decker 
a disastrous command. Let's 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 see Admiral April assume command of the Enterprise in an awesome way at some point. I think that would be cool. But uh, also, too, you know, we probably learn more here about Una's and La'an's relationship dynamic than maybe in most of the other episodes of the show so far. Yeah, I really, I really wanted to talk about uh, the the yeah that like that C that C story. I I don't know, sure if it was a C story or the B story, but yeah, <laughs> you know, um, but yeah, this story of of La'an and and Una number one just kind of going on their own hijinks yeah right uh like uh the moment where they're doing the race on on the lift on the turbo lift yeah and they're grabbing the handle and and you know trying to get the decks seeing who does the decks first uh like yeah all of that stuff was so cool it was so cool to to kind of see these guys who who are uh perpetually looked at as uh you know the 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 people at your office that love working a little too much. Oh yeah. Um, And, uh, and you know, seeing what they do, what they get to do for fun, uh, which, which that was, that was fantastic. And again, um, gave, gave me another beautiful glimpse into this crew that I, I have a, a deeper affinity for than, even the discovery crew after four seasons or, or it's at least equal now, but it took me five episodes as opposed to five seasons. Sure. Yeah. To get to that. Most definitely. Uh, Rachel, what did you make of enterprise bingo? Oh, it was funny. (laughs) (laughs) That's, that's what I made of it. I, uh, yeah, I really enjoyed it, and like to um, I want to know what the other bingo things are because I feel like there was things we didn't see, and I was like, what are, what are the other? We got to see a full game at some point. Yeah, right? that's true. if they ever do like a lower deck style, not the show lower decks, but the episode lower deck style thing on Strange New Worlds, that might be a good fun source of of entertainment. Um, the full bingo card. Full bingo mm-hmm. card. Yeah, uh, Zachy, what about you? Just um, in terms of number one and Laon, uh, this is a dynamic that seems interesting, and we may have learned more about it here than maybe in some of the other parts of the the show so far. How did? First of all, what do you just make of the relationship in general, and what what did you uh, experience as they kind of blew off steam playing Enterprise Bingo? I really I like. Uh that aspect of just a, a buddy relationship between Starfleet crew members. Cause I feel like we don't get that very often. I mean, off the top of my head, I can think of Julian and, and uh, uh, chief O'Brien as the last time we had that, you know? And uh, so that's just refreshing. And I, and, and just like friendships between women, like I, I, we've never gotten, you know what I mean? We, we really haven't gotten that in this way where they're just horsing around. Uh, you know, they're, they're not talking about, uh, uh, romance stuff necessarily. It's just, they're, they're girls hanging out. I think that's really cool. And I agree with what Cicero is saying. Like I just, in, in five episodes, I just feel such a kinship with every single one of these characters. You know, I can give you, 
uh, a, a description of, of not only who they are, but how they relate to each other. And, and yeah, I, I don't feel I've really gotten that uh, to the same degree on, on discovery, uh, you know, and, and that's not meant as a ding on discovery because that's doing something different, but it is nice to have that here because I do feel that we've missed that. Sure. Yeah. It's represented. Yeah. The, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah most definitely. Uh, Ty, how about you? The Una Laan friendship relationship, how, how's that progressing for you? And what did you make of Enterprise Bingo? Yeah, I totally agree with everything, especially that Zach, said about just like the portrayal of like this just friendship, uh, you know, between these women is great. Uh, and Enterprise Bingo uh, is, is fantastic. I like that Enterprise Bingo um, and kind of like their good cop, bad cop interrogation uh, <laughs> kind of reminds us that the, the lower deckers are on this ship too. Um, and I was just thinking back to like um, when Pike, uh, you know, has members of the bridge crew over and makes ribs and stuff like that. And, and I, I just am picturing like, you know, those same, uh, who, what are they cadets or crew crewmen or whoever they were, right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, who were getting interrogated, <laughs> like walking by and, and making some of the same types of comments that Boimler and, and Mariner might make about how they're never invited to those types of things or something. And I just, it's just such a fun, like, you know, it just feels like such a, um, it's still this, it's still Starfleet, you know, and it's, it's still the Starfleet that we know. Uh, and it's still a serious ship, but it's not like this it's sanitized thing, right? Like people are still like, everyone's a little more um, like imperfect and has a little bit more of like a full life where like maybe what they do on their off time isn't just like, you know, recite music like on some instrument like maybe they'd screw around a little bit sometimes too you know and like go do stuff that they're maybe not really supposed to do and like <clears throat> between that and what you mentioned earlier about april showing up and being a part of these negotiations and like there's this moment where like uh spot well it's to bring in spock's body like totally starts going rogue in these negotiations and april it's like, you know, like he has every right to like step in and be like, okay, like stop, you know, like th this is over. Um, but that's not who Starfleet is. Like, that's not the kind of organization that it is. Like it's an organization that trusts its people, you know? Um, and, and like, I just see that reflected throughout, like, yeah, there are these people that go around and like, they sign the scorch or whatever, but like, <laughs> that doesn't mean we throw them out. Right. And that doesn't mean we pretend they don't exist in order to, for Starfleet to be good. Like it all goes together. Right. And it's just like, everyone's imperfect, but like together we can still do awesome stuff. Um, if we all agree that we care about and are working toward the same things. Um, so like, I don't know, maybe that was like more than was even presented to me through their little friendship in this episode, but that w those were some of the things that it made me uh, think about. And it was delightful. Yeah. Awesome. Well, just as a side note, I would love to see some sort of establishment in the future that takes into account, Hey, the enterprise gets refit several more times over the course of its life. I would like to know that the scorch was still there when the ship was ultimately destroyed. I think that would be nice to, to see that confirmed in some way. I don't know how they would do it, but it would be, I think that would be kind of poignant. I think that would be fun. Um, well, speaking of Nurse Chapel, we got to spend quite a bit of time with her in this episode. Um, we're learning a lot about her just in comparison to her prior appearances in the franchise. Uh, 
Zaki, how well do you think she's developing? Because she certainly never had much of a major focus in terms of her appearances on TOS, but she's becoming a, a pivotal member of the, the crew of Pike's Enterprise. What, what do you make of that so far? I, I really, I'm enjoying her characterization, but, but I will say that uh, it's hardest to reconcile this Christine Chapel with the TOS Christine Chapel. Like that's, that's, the most work I have to do in it. I mean, I'm not sitting here agonizing over it. You don't have to play the music, I promise. But, uh, <laughs> you know, it it is one of those things where, like, I think it's interesting in that, uh, the, you know, the, when, when knowing that Christine knows about T'Pring and all this, it adds texture to later when she says to Spock something like, haven't you ever been in love or something like, like, you know, and before it was like, Oh, well, she doesn't know anything about him, but no, she does. And she's kind of, you know, picking a scab there, you know, so that's interesting. But I mean, in terms of characterization, she's a completely different person. Uh, Yeah. So I'm really enjoying what, what she's doing. I think the actor's doing great. Um, But yeah, it's, it's definitely hard hard to reconcile with whatever Majel Barrett did in the original show. Sure. Yeah. Maybe by necessity, but also yeah. still to be determined. There's a, there's probably a fair amount of runway here. Uh, Cicero, what do you make a, of Nurse Chapel so far, just as a, as a character and the dynamic that she brings to the crew? Uh, if you substitute Nurse Chapel with literally anyone on this crew, I will say the same thing. I love them. <laughs> um, I, I think they're great. I I absolutely adore how much we've learned about them and I care about um, where they go and how they get along. And I am looking forward to learning even more about them as we go forward on this adventure. Um, they're, they have like, I'm, I'm, I'm afraid that we're going to get to a point and like the idea, like the idea factory is going to close down and the show is just going to plummet. Like, like that is because it, it like, it can't be just some gradual descent into ambivalence for the show. Like, it's just so good. It's just so good. Like I can't really overemphasize how like, you didn't realize that you needed this type of Star Trek show was is absolutely refreshing to, to have discovery and um, to have shows like um, to, you know, to bring back Picard. Um, I absolutely adore lower decks. I can't wait to see what prodigy um, turns out to be. It is, it has really been great, but, but damn it. Like, this is the thing that I used to watch on channel 11 at 10, 11 o'clock or, you know, when I was nine or 10 years old back, you know, like this was the show, this was the thing. And, and now I'm able to watch the new version of that, of that show all over again. And it's fantastic. It is so damn good. Like they're just, they're doing it right. Yeah. It's, it sucks because <laughs> it, 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 like it may not be right at some point. 
right? Like I, I get what you mean. I mean, if they're, they're doing a good job of maintaining a, a quality level and as with any show, I mean, you naturally get concerned, but Hey man, just enjoy the ride. That we're on I, I, got, I ain't got no choice. Yeah. Cause, oh, no. cause I'm on the ride and it's, it's fantastic. Yeah. How do I stay on of this ride? <laughs> <laughs> Just keep building track, bro. Yeah. <laughs> keep definitely. building it. Uh, Ty, is there anything you wanted to throw in about Nurse Chapel? Um, is, is there something that you feel like she brings to the dynamic that maybe we haven't touched on? I can't, I can't really add anything to that. Everyone is great. I will just say good shows are better than bad shows. I guess as far as Chapel, the one <laughs> thing I can add is um, – my my wife is constantly talking about how much she adores her hair. So <clears throat> that's oh, what I'll throw okay. into the mix. Um, great hair. Yep. Yeah, they're going with because it was like silver in TOS, and they're going with right. kind of like a platinum blonde kind of a thing, which is a cool interpretation of what we've seen before. I thought. I mean, the the stylistic similarities between strange new worlds and TOS. They're just they're I was talking to my father-in-law today, even the props, like everything has such a care and dedication to it and it's what we've seen before but streamlined. Like I mean the phasers are like virtually identical except for just right. a couple of minor tweaks. You know, I love the communicators and they're even like adding additional functionality to the communicators and are enough prop talk, but it's just like that stuff is cool. And I I will just take this opportunity to say the the system uh, like terminals and interfaces on the ship are so cool. Yeah, like, they're so cool. Every time they show an actual control panel that somebody's interacting with, like where uh, the L cars on like the Enterprise D was very like <clears throat> everything was kind of like a series of lists of buttons. Like this has. I, I'm still like I don't really know what any of you are doing, but like it seems very sciency and like substantial and Im- impressive. Functional, I like watching yeah. you do it. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, and it's cool to see like a combination of physical consoles and touchscreen buttons. You know, it's like it's a good way to take uh, from both worlds. Um, Zachy, that kind of brings to mind. You know, I remember a conversation that George Lucas had had about some of the production design and ship design in episode three and how they kind of had to like work up to the seventies, which is kind of strange. They're doing something similar here, but it seems like more stylistically uh, inspired by, you know, sixties and modern stuff. What do you make of the production design? Cause we got to see a lot of it in this episode. It's interesting, right? I mean, the, the whole, approach of trying to evoke the original series while still having a very uh you know 2020s uh production aesthetic like how, how do you reconcile that like i you know we've talked about it before you know the the approach to tos in previous modern trek was to studiously emulate you know uh recreate those sets in, in, in exacting fashion and the decision to say, you know, we're not going to do that, you know, to say, okay, modern audience aren't going to go for whatever, whatever rationale they've come up with. I, I, I personally have no problem sort of squinting my eyes and being like, yeah, that, that becomes that no problem, you know, but uh, yeah, I, I think it's, 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 I'm, here's what I'm curious about this enterprise is clearly not 
the original series enterprise like the exterior it's it is a different design right so my question is are we meant to be like oh it's eventually refit into that or are we meant to be like no that one was always this they're all the same and again you just got to squint your eyes the whole time like that's just i'm i'm curious and it isn't yeah you know it's it's not an oppressive concern but i am i'm curious like how how they're approaching that yeah i mean my impression is that the just the dynamics of the visual language have been altered. Mm. My assumption in watching this is that this enterprise is the one that we see in TOS. That mm-hmm. is the one we see in TMP. Mm. Um, so like the, the idea of sort of an immutable historical era, I think is how you put it before when we had a conversation mm-hmm. like this. I think that's a thing of the past mm-hmm. by necessity. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I mean, I liked, whenever they would revisit the TOS era and the other shows, how exacting they were. Um, but I just kind of treat it like, and I think I've mentioned this to everybody here before, like in the new 52, when they would flash back to the death of Superman and he was still wearing the new 52 armor, <laughs> just right. sort of a re-envisioning of the fact that all that stuff, the events are canon, but aesthetics aren't necessarily, but sure, maybe sure. they'll do something because at the end of discovery, the Enterprise looked a lot closer to how it looked in TOS, um, or at the end right. of Discovery Season 2, I should say. Yeah. Um, but who knows? I think that that's an understandable uh, question to ask. Well, that is going to do it for episode number 80 of Discovery Debrief. We hope you enjoyed the show, and if you did, please like and follow us on our social media channels. If you'd be so kind, we'd also appreciate it if you were to review for the show wherever you found it. It only takes a minute, and let us know you wrote one, and we'll be happy to read your review on the air when it's posted. If you have any questions, you can follow the show on Twitter at DSC Debrief, where you can also find all of our individual Twitter handles, and feel free to send us questions through Twitter or by emailing us at hailingfrequencies at discoverydebrief.com. Please be sure to set your courses for this feed for future episodes, and be sure to join us next time as we discuss the next adventure of the Starship Enterprise. As always, though, until we meet again, please go boldly, my friends. (laughs) 